Welcome to Riverdale. Welcome to Riverdale. This is the Carefree Black Nerd Review Show of the CW and the Archie versus Riverdale. This has been some shit, y'all. Alright, we're in season three. This is chapter 41, Manhunter. Now, when you're listening to this episode of Welcome to Riverdale, use the hashtag WTRPod. Let me know you're listening. Let's make this a conversation. I need to know what y'all theories are, what you think going to happen, what you what I'm missing, because look, I got a lot of thoughts. Very frustrated. I don't know what the fuck is going on. Riverdale has I I don't know. They they got me back this season. Like all that shit I was talking like at the end of season one and in between season two, like I don't know how y'all feel. Yeah, this is a campy ass show and yeah, we can't place if these motherfuckers are kids or if they're grown ass people within the world of Riverdale, but I'm all for it. I'm sorry. This is it's so silly, but it's so real. I don't know. I'm in it. So again, use that hashtag WTR pod when you're listening to this episode of welcome to Riverdale and when you're watching Riverdale live. Um, yeah. So this is chapter 41 Manhunter. Now, after confronting the parents who are part of the midnight club 25 years ago, Betty follows some strong leads in hope of finding out who the true gargoyle King is. So, I'm actually okay with this Gargoyle King storyline so far. Like, I thought I would be frustrated. Like, at times it gets a little frustrating, but it's not. Those are very few and far between. Whereas with the Black Hood, well, we thought we were getting one thing, and I was like, okay, we finna go down this road. And the show pretty much didn't know what the fuck they were doing. So, you know, we didn't got a, a reveal two or three different times in last season. Just a bunch of shit. Um, I'm hoping that season two was the worst season and that was like the sophomore slump. And now we're like back in it because I've been enjoying Riverdale so far. Like this storyline, as convoluted and as all over the place it is, I'm I'm here for it. Now, first and foremost, why in the fuck is Veronica still living at her parents? I do not understand that. Um, some good things, some bad things in this episode. Uh, what the hell was the geography of Riverdale? Uh, a question I posed on Twitter, and thanks to Shane out there uh, answering my question. <laughs> He's because I'm not from New York, so when I think of New York, I think of New York City. I don't even really think of the other cities in New York. And so, I, what he said to me is that the um, the this that Riverdale could legit be upstate New York. And uh, upstate New York and New York are about 50 to 75 miles apart. And the geographical differences are similar to Riverdale. And I, my, my concern was, where the fuck are these people? Because we know that Veronica is not is from New York. Um, and that it isn't far from it. And she can get to it. And she was a socialite and whatever. But then you have this huge-ass river that separates like Greendale and Riverdale. But then you also have mountainous mountains 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 you have these mountains that are referenced it's like it's a lot going on then you have the big ass maple trees which i'm like is that native or at least concentrated in new york i've never been listeners out there who are from new york or the surrounding area or who just know a little bit more than i do tweet me use that hashtag wtr pot and let me know because i'm kind of in the dark here 
Um, I can suspend belief, even if none of this is signature to New York and it's just a bunch of made-up bullshit. That's fine. But I was curious because it's like, shit, next you're going to tell me, also go to the ocean. And, you know, there's also these caverns that are built beneath the ground. And then the Underground Railroad was also in Riverdale. It's like a lot of shit going on in Riverdale. (laughs) But, yeah. So, um, Joaquin. Joaquin has been pissing me the fuck off this entire time. Ultimately, we find out that he started playing Griffiths and Gargoyles so that the warden wouldn't be upset with him and show him favor and ascending and all the other shit. And they kill off Joaquin. Spoiler alert, which is like, ugh, this show and brown people just, it does not. I made a tweet that pretty much said that, hell, it's only going to be four cast members in Riverdale come the mid-season finale. Like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Uh... <laughs> Pretty much, we find out that Sheriff Manella is behind a bunch of shit. He didn't kill some uh, dudes up in the mountains, but he killed the guys who lied on Archie and said that he killed their homeboy. Cool. Okay, so he ends up getting caught off camera uh, because of some detective work by Veronica, which a lot of the stuff that they're doing, I mean, it seems like a big deal, but it's actually not. Um Pretty much this show, this episode ends with the whole team split the fuck up. Um, Jughead approached Hiram about him being the Gargoyle King, and Hiram hit him with the motherfucking receipts. Like, it could be your daddy. It could be uh, Betty's daddy. It could be so-and-so. It could be this person, that person. Because he's like, these are all criminals. These are all the motherfuckers who have done things that have the track record. And the more I watch the episode, the more I'm thinking, like, it could be F.P., I think I'm going to throw my, um, uh, I don't know, card in the ring of being of FP being the Gargoyle King, or at least associated. But then it's like, you can't really say that because the way this show, I don't have faith in this show. And that is truthful. And I'm not saying it to be like, oh, this show is trash or to, or to, um, or to be negative or rude or just deliberately mean about it. But this show has not proven that they have planned out like it's it doesn't feel in this season feels a bit tighter than last season the first season seemed really good and you know put together and if there were some things that were just added in after the fact a lot of it probably was missed by me because it seemed like they knew what the hell they were doing this season does not it, it, it feels that way, but I don't have faith because of last season. I don't have faith that they have a long game already established where they can leave these clues throughout the next few episodes or at least until we find out who the Gargoyle King is. Because um, it just, I don't have faith in the show like that. Like, they just don't. So I want to say, like, oh, it could be FP, and maybe they're trying to throw us off the scent because they have these things set up this way. But it's just like, Ultimately, this show is just going to give us whoever the fuck they feel like could fit at that time. And that's frustrating because this is a pretty decent storyline. And it's a mystery that I'm trying my damnness to solve right along with the rest of the cast. But I don't have faith that they're going to give us a good, solid, satisfying ending. Uh, I think that the Gargoyle King has kind of something to do with the farm. But... You know, who knows? That could be a reach. But then we might get to the last part of this, like, arc, and it's, oh, and it was Jughead the whole time. Like, just something ridiculous. Or it was Pops. Like, I just, I don't know. I don't have faith. Now, 
after Hiram hit Jughead with them receipts, which had me rolling, um, I looked at it and I was like, okay, possibly if it's not Hiram, maybe it is Hermione. Maybe Jackie from Riverdame Spot was right. And it's her because I'm like, there's the more excuse me, evidence seemed to lean towards it being possibly Hermione. And I'm like, is it her or am I making the, the evidence fit that because I'm watching it? And that's something that a friend of mine said. Um, what else? Oh, also, um, I, I came up with that because Veronica was sitting in her mother, the mayor's office, and downloading some stuff off our very ancient computer. Um, a file that showed the missing time in between Manetta interviewing one of the Shadow Lake boys, who he ultimately killed at the end of the episode. Um, and it showed that when he sat down, the couple of coffee or soda was full but then there was a kind of a jump there of 10 minutes that were missing and then the the video picked up with his cup empty that's cool i'm here for that but why is this on hermione's computer well it no one no one had a fuss about it like oh what the hell are you doing and i would never do that everyone's very calm so i'm thinking okay they this was intentional that being said, uh, Veronica got arrested and thrown into jail. And I'm thinking, like, isn't she 16? Do you get thrown in jail? I mean, I guess you could get detained because if you were, like, drunk driving, they would do that. But it, it felt it felt odd considering Archie went to a hole as juvenile detention facility. But whatever. So she emails, she being Veronica, emails this proof to someone. I didn't check the... Um, the email address, it was something with an M, I know that for sure. And she's satisfied. Cool. Then we go to her on the phone with Fred, telling her about telling him about Archie and what's going on there. I was very distracted during this whole conversation because Fred's voice is barely barely above a whisper. And every single cabinet in his house was open. I don't know if that was intentional. Like again, I don't trust this show. So I would say Oh, maybe there's a clue to something. But with this show, it could be just that the prop person just never closed the cabinets. And that's just what it is. It's frustrating. But um, he called Mary McCoy, or ex-Mary McCoy's attorney McCoy, to go and uh, represent Veronica. Now, Betty brought all the parents into the speakeasy after Manetta interrogated all the students about, oh, where's Archie? One of you motherfuckers got him. You better turn it over or I'm going to make your life a living hell. During this, Josie has a seizure, which, uh I have thoughts. But I'm trying, I, I like, I okay, I do kind of like this seizure thing because it's the wild card. It's like, it's the seizure. Okay, because the Gargoyle King storyline is happening on its own. We had the Archie storyline, which kind of fizzled out and became something else. And then you have the farm stuff going on. And because Betty was the first one to have the seizures and it was associated with the farm stuff, I'm thinking also the farm girl, Ever Never's daughter, was in the room as well. And she had this funny line where she was like, I don't even know this Archie kid. I have a support group about people who I want to come to the farm, which we are still taking members. It's like, though I don't like that chick, I'm like, I'm with her. I don't even know this dude. I'm new here. Why am I in this room? Do you think I would honestly help this motherfucker? I, I don't have any ties to you people. Um, but no, after that, Josie has the seizure, but that seizure, because it's never been affiliated with or associated with the Gargoyle King or any of that storyline, I just, now I'm just, 
like is it the I don't know I'm just so excited but then when Alice spilled her guts about the gargoyles and genies or whatever the fuck the name is to the farm chicks they were just calm like yeah the first time we've ever heard of this is when Alice told us her story well I mean they could have been lying but I, I, I take it as face value as they were telling the truth but if that's the case then the seizure stuff and the gargoyle king stuff isn't it's it's just this big mix of so many things and they're doing it in a way that has me so freaking frustrated and excited and anxious where i hope i hope i hope i hope i hope that someone over there in the writer's room over there at dc or excuse me cw or archie has a handle on all the different storylines and are moving them around together in a way that ultimately is going to come together and make sense. Like I just, I'm, I'm afraid that they don't have a handle on it, but I'm hoping that they do. Oh, Beyonce, please let them have a handle on this shit. Um, so then the sheriff, after he pretty much yells at Josie and about how, you know, I'm gonna check your alibis and shit. She has a seizure. Then we move right along. Um, Betty interrogated everyone, and they were made. Oh, how could I overlook this? We finally see Reggie's dad, which, like, again, I was under the impression that Reggie was biracial, like he was an um, Asian man and Asian and white. Well, apparently he's not biracial. He is, well, not in, Jesus. He is, and again, (laughs) my intent is not to um, offend anyone or to get these facts wrong, but his parents are both, Asian, and I don't know if that's wrong to say that because I don't know the specific. We're gonna move along a little bit there. Someone correct me if I am wrong, but that being said, the mantles are Asian people. It is not a white dad and an Asian mom. So I'm like, oh, okay, what the? Finally, they cast this motherfucker, and oh, and then Betty just like casually dropped that. Yeah, and we're not gonna stop looking for the truth, Mister uh, Mantle. No matter how much you beat your kid, and he was just like. I don't, I don't beat my kid. And this is, ah, what? Okay. Why did he have to beat his kid to begin with? Like, I get the being frustrated and angry and scared of the secrets coming out. But to beat your child, like to give him a black eye and then also send him to school. Like, it, it was such a weird, like, I felt like, and this is another reason why I think that the show is a bit tone deaf. Because... What is the point of having this, first of all, this man of color, this Asian man, we've never seen him before. He's been spoken about, and now that we know he exists and that he is Asian, cool. Why is his reaction to beat his son, and then that also isn't followed up? It felt like if you were just going to have this throwaway thing, which is Mr. Mantle beating or giving Reggie the black eye, and then the next episode being this episode, we say something about it, our first time seeing his dad, and then that's it. That's kind of a problem because you could have very well had him yell at Reggie, do anything else that it didn't have to be physical violence against a child. Like, okay, when they had the Cheryl nearly being raped storyline, it I felt like they did that in a way that... Um, that made sense 
it um and me this is me speaking as a cis male this isn't me speaking as a woman who's been through this traumatic experience so if i am incorrect let me know uh wcr pop but from my point of view they had cheryl with the guy the sleazy guy he did his thing blah whatever and then he attempted to rape her she was vindicated saved by her homegirls and they took care of that motherfucker then he was gone and then we also followed that up much later though that was just a part of it with archie whooping that dude's ass cool why bring up reggie's dad beating his ass at all like is this gonna like this is something that we haven't been privy to before reggie has never just had a black eye before or a broken arm like if you're speaking to the severity of the gargoyle king um storyline or experience cool but there are other things that you could have done like now are you going to pick this up later or is it just we had him whoop his ass just for the shits and giggles i just and if i'm not explaining this well enough tweet me and i can kind of expound there i'm hoping that I'm, I'm making sense to you guys but it's freaking frustrating that now you get this man of color we've never seen before who is actually very important in the archie comics not that everything has to be comic accurate but you've you've race bent him into a whole nother character uh, a race of a character and then the first time we see him it's after he didn't whooped his kids ass i'm just oh god this show they do so well but then they do so bad like ugh. Ooh, Uchile, the ghetto. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so she interrogates them, whatever else. Then we find out Joaquin is dead. Why? Because Sheriff Mineta then killed him too. Um, and I, I really plead and beg and, and, and hope that Riverdale doesn't fuck up this Gargoyle King storyline because it's no matter how outlandish and ridiculous it is, Archie Comics have been known to be that slapstick high comedy funny book and then that like period piece of a book where it's like time doesn't really move like you're stuck in this same set of like three or four years and but it also has the wild and outlandish archie meets the punisher archie versus the predator um then archie like different um universes and different stories that are told in different timelines is this fits in with the archie mythos i'm not even denying that and again, no matter how ridiculous it may seem, it still fits in with Archie. I'm just hoping that the writers have a handle on what the hell is going on. God darn it. Like, I will hire me. I just let me get like, let me see, 22 episodes. Give me an arc. Give me five to seven episodes and I can give you a solid story. Just tell me the overall narrative we're trying to tell. And I can give you a good story. I am very confident in my writing. I'm, <laughs> I just is what it is. So, and you all can check out my writing uh, pretty soon here. A bit of an Easter egg there. But yeah, I just, it's so frustrating. God, Lee, this is such a good show at times. Um, FP gets mad and storms off uh, because everyone has found out that their kids are playing the game. Oh, FP, this is what made me think, okay, maybe this nigga the Gargoyle King. He storms home and handcuffs Jughead to the refrigerator, which I was like, first of all, very extreme. What are you doing? Secondly, to the refrigerator, you know, the refrigerator that can be moved that into the handle of the refrigerator, not even like, I guess, the base of it or anything. Like, as a kid, me and my cousins definitely moved the refrigerator before. So I really think that Jughead, as a 16-year-old boy of average strength, 
can move the refrigerator. So he take he handcuffs him to the refrigerator and throws his phone on the table after Jughead got a call from Sweet Pea and then the gay serpent about Joaquin being, I don't know, in a new gang, which is the gargoyles. It's just uh then it comes out that it's like not just one gargoyle king. Well it's I think it's one gargoyle king, but it's a bunch of them that form the gang, the gargoyle it's it's so odd. Well, Betty, some reason, comes over, just walks in, and she unhooks him with her safety pin. I'm just like, you, I feel like you could have pulled the refrigerator to the dining room table or kitchen table and picked up your phone. It just, it was, it was odd. Um, what else? What else? Oh, this is the other thing. So, Alice, oh, God, um... Alice is home, her and Betty yelling at each other, as they do. These two women have been yelling at each other since episode one, season one. Like, they haven't stopped. But Alice is like, oh, no, no. Once everyone finds out that homeboy Warden Norton killed himself with the blue shit, she's, she being Betty, talking to her mom like, oh, well, did you know him and such and such because this motherfucker killed himself and this and that. And her mom walks off like, ugh, why would you ask me that? And to this actress's credit, there are times when, though I am not confident in this show and what they're going to deliver, certain scenes like this one in particular, when Alice walked away from her, as a viewer, I felt that Alice knew more and she was trying to avoid Betty's questioning. Now, I bring that up because it is very easy when you have less than suitable actors or a not so greatly plotted out script or show that a scene like that could just read as then she turns and walks away. Um, again, I'm hoping I'm making sense, but Alice's performance along with Lily Reinhardt, Betty in that scene, just, I don't know. I could be misinterpreting it, but I felt like Alice knew more and was just getting away. It was that, fight or flight thing where just let me get away from the situation so um if you haven't seen it go back and watch the episode and then look at that scene and let me know if you think i'm onto something or if i'm just reaching um not to say that alice thinks that that i think alice is the gargoyle king because that's not the case because when betty was talking to all the parents at the speakeasy and they our understanding as the viewers who watched that uh the 90s episode Alice is the only one who saw the Gargoyle King in the school. Well, in the midst of conversation, FP was like, God damn it, Betty, we was all on drugs, tripping on the jingle jangle and seeing gargoyles and shit. And Alice, and mind you, this was 25 years ago, Alice is like, FP, you saw this nigga too? And she, and he was like, I gotta go get Jughead. And it, so, oh man, it's like, that scene kind of debunks my original thought that FP is the Gargoyle King, but then could it be him throwing folks off the scent? But then even with that, is this show smart enough or capable enough to give us that? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Um, let me see. So pretty much Veronica sends the, the evidence gets Archie exonerated. He's no longer guilty. A few scenes back, Archie and Kevin are in the mines and the mountains and they see all the dead kids and they took the one boy who was not quite dead back to the hospital who, where he eventually died, which is like, what was the point? Um, And so Archie tells Kevin, I can't stay here. Even if, even if they see that I'm not the killer, I still got, I can't stay here. And it's like, what? 
you are like a senior in high school or a junior, a lot of shit has happened over this one year in Riverdale. Like, a lot. It feels like season one, two, and three. Well, one and two, and then, like, the first couple episodes of three are all one year. Um, Veronica mentions, like, homecoming. She's like, yeah, I told you I'd have you out by homecoming. And so, so, so the school year has gone on. So y'all are seniors now, right? Like, this is so weird. So Archie, like, okay, jumping to the ending, him and Jughead just, like, leave. They're walking down the train tracks there. Archie tells Veronica in a scene that's supposed to be heartfelt and sad, but really those actors did not do a good job. I was just like, "Eh, okay, I mean, I get it. In my head, I know what it should look like, but this ain't it, Chief. So... He tells her, like, oh, your dad is going to come after me no matter what, and I can't, uh, you know, he's going to hurt everyone I'm around, and especially you, and this and that. And I'm thinking, you may be right, but the worst thing that he's done, which is lock you up in jail for killing someone, has been overturned. What else, and maybe I'm just naive, but what else can Hiram Lodge do to fuck you over Outside of that, like, is he going to pin another murder on you again? Like, you're not going to be in the space with him to be like, I don't, I mean, I guess I halfway get it. But it's also like you're running away from your home and your family. Archie is very irresponsible. Like, I can't even blame this on you being a kid again. Like, you have been doing stupid shit well before season three. But in season three alone, that is just fucking ridiculous. Um, Also... You haven't reached out to your dad. Talk to your dad, Archie. Like, I, this man is going through shit. Archie's dad is the real victim of Riverdale, period. He's never there. He's always getting shot at or having hallucinations or being yelled at by Alice. or just, he's just, It's so much shit. It's Fred. Fred is the true victim, and I'm so sorry, Fred, that you're having to deal with this shit. But it is what it is. Um, also your mom is in Chicago. So I'm thinking to myself, why the fuck don't you just go to Chicago and finish out your senior year? Like it's so dramatic that you're now walking on these railroad tracks. Okay, cool. But why you have other options? He want to be sad and upset so bad. Like you're, this is weird. This is really weird. And the other thing that Makes sense with the show, but I was like, this is dumb. Archie is talking about, oh, I'm not alone, and I'm going off on the road, and this and that. And it, we find out that it's Jughead, which it makes sense within the show, because like his dad is crazy as fuck. But you, too, also have a parent, another parent, a mother, and a whole sister you could go be with. Yeah, in the first season, they talked on the phone and was like, oh, it's not enough space or whatever. But th- you have other options. Additionally, I think it would have made more sense or would have been a better kind of plot twist if Archie went away on the road with Mad Dog introduce him back into the show give him his just due even if you only have them together on the road for two or three episodes give us more fleshed out mad dog in his story in a good way where he him and archie make it to a certain point he's like well this is it for me man and you know good luck to you going forward but this is where i gotta be or i have to go to this other place or like it's just why jughead I get it. I do. It's the show. I get that. But like, why Jughead? Of all people, why not Mad Dog? That would have made more sense to me. 
Make sure you tweet me, Carefree Blurred, at uh, WTRPod, and let me know what do you think about the ending of this show. So, also, this ending felt very much like a season finale. And if this was the season finale, this would be good as hell because you've left us with so many questions needing to be answered and you split the gang up. So, now we go to the um, kind of the hardest part for me. So, Veronica gets out of jail. Goes back home and brags about having the evidence sent over and whatnot. And her parents are sitting there looking goofy as the fuck, especially her dad. And she's like, oh, and the truth will set you free. And if you two losers are going to go down as being criminals, then that's fine by me. Okay. That's not so bad. We go. Oh, shit. Okay. A couple steps back because I completely ignored something, which is going to lead up to the ending. Betty and Alice arguing. As they're arguing... The lights flicker a few times. I was thinking, okay, maybe it's storming outside. Hear no rain, hear no sound effects. It's not. The lights flash again, and now they're off completely. Alice walks to the front door. We see a figure walking outside of the house through the shadow because we're all, we're still in the house with the camera. Shit was wild as fuck. I like this scene because it felt very much like a horror movie. Then they had Alice popping that popcorn on the stove, which I know was like an homage to Scream. So, like, kudos Riverdale there. This scene was really good. Another part of that is has something to do with Scream. That I'll get to that. Or I know what you did last summer. No, Scream, Scream, Scream with uh, Sydney Prescott. So, Alice goes to the door. She's like, Betty, stay behind me. I'm going to go to the door. Betty's like, being smart, like, don't fucking do that, which I'm thinking in my head. Why the fuck would you go answer that door? How about we make sure the door is locked, get us a weapon. Alice, you a badass ex-serpent. You got skills. Let's put them to the test because what we don't want to do is open up this fucking door, which they do and no one's there. Now, they look back. I think there's a crash in the kitchen. They turn around and then they're screaming and then someone's trying to get into the door. Well, Alice is pushing on the door, push that motherfucker, slam their arm in and lock the bitch. She goes upstairs, her and, uh, no, 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 I am telling this all wrong. So she slams the door. This motherfucker, this being (laughs) Betty and Alice, turn back towards the kitchen, well, living room and kitchen, and who the fuck is in the house? The goddamn Gargoyle King. Me, I clutch my motherfucking non-existent pearls. I'm gasping. I'm getting stressed the fuck out, like, oh, shit, run, ho. So I feel like Betty and Alice didn't run quick enough up the stairs, but they did. Also, why would you run upstairs? Why didn't they run out of the house? They were literally standing at the door. Like, yeah, there's someone out there and you locked them out, but there's a gargoyle king in here. What I'm not going to do is stay in this enclosed space with this motherfucker. I'm going to have to take my chances on whoever the fuck is outside. We're going to have to duke it out, mollywop me, you, and everybody else, and get the fuck out of here because we don't know what the fuck going on in the house. How this big-ass seven-foot-tall uh, nun robe stick figure motherfucker get in my house and we mm, no I'm gonna fight whatever human is outside so all that happens it needs to run upstairs now quick pause in this story Betty sat down with Penelope earlier in the episode and Penelope weird ass she okay <laughs> Betty's like Miss Blossom such and such and isn't it please call me auntie first of all you fucked my dad no no fam I won't call you auntie. But uh, she's like, yeah, you have such and such Jasmine Root, which killed Dilton Doyle's dad. And when you said that he killed himself, but the autopsy found out that whatever. And she's like, she being 
uh, Penelope, I would never use such and such flower because it leaves evidence and whatever. So, and if you think that I'm the killer, you might as well look at your mom. She published the story. Your motherfucking mom and act like she's not a good journalist and all this other shit. So, we get upstairs into the room, Betty's room, and they shut the door. Turn around, Alice is like, Betty, get behind me because on Betty's fucking bed and wall and shit is a tombstone of Dilton Doyle's dad, which I'm thinking it was very Halloween costume-ish, and I wonder if it's supposed to be the real headstone, tombstone, headstone, or if it is just like symbolic, like whoever did it went ahead and grabbed the, um, a fake headstone and put on, I mean, that really doesn't matter to the story. But it's the fact that it's Dilton Doyle's dad's headstone and then like a skull and some spray paint like Alice and Betty and -and so-and-so did it or whatever. While we're freaking out looking at that, just about a a foot over to the Betty's window, we see a ladder pressed against the window, which I'm like, what the fuck? And so someone's climbing up through the window. Alice picks up a lamp. And I don't know what the fuck had her hesitating, but if it was me, I'm beating whoever asked that is climbing through this window, but she's kind of hesitates or they make her do it really slowly and like dramatically. And it turns out it's FP again, going back to scream. What are you doing here? You know, I'm the, I'm the least one, you know, least one who, who would commit the crime, whatever. I really feel like FP has something to do with this, but then I'm like, did the show set it up this way with the obvious scream homages for me to think that and then they're going to pull a wolf from under my legs eyes or whatever later i don't have a lot of faith in the show but because this was so clearly a scream scene centered scene i'm like ah, oh, maybe they have so that's what also has me kind of back and forth about if this was even if fp is even the gargoyle king or affiliated still i don't know i don't know um so then the final scene which tore my fucking heart so after all this happens and it calms down, um, excuse me, Betty and Alice are in the kitchen and Alice is like, it's not safe here with that people coming into the house. You know, it's, it's not safe. I'm going to go back to the farm with Polly and the twins. And Betty's like, well, good luck, mom, because I'm not stepping my foot anywhere in that motherfucker. <laughs> no, she didn't say it, but you know, pretty much that's what she said. And so Alice is like, you know what? You're right. Edgar never, never said that you would be challenging or some shit. And I knew, I felt like I, as this scene went on, I felt exactly what was going to happen. Maybe because I'm so invested in it, but clearly the Sisters of Quiet Mercy have come to pick up Betty. And I was so fucking angry. First of all, fuck you, Alice. I will never be a fan of yours ever again. There's nothing that Riverdale can do to redeem you to me. I'm saying it right here now. Fuck Alice. You ain't shit. You're a horrible parent, and you've been fucking up royally ever since season one. I've been trying to be on your side. I don't want to be like, oh, she's such a bitch, because if it was a male character doing all the shit she was doing, I don't think I would say that. I don't think most people would. But motherfucker, screw you, Alice. I do not like you. (laughs) So this is me being dramatic. But listen, I'm so fucking frustrated because Alice has been severely failing as a parent for so long 
And Betty, though I don't think she's innocent, but I do like her more this season than I've liked her in past seasons, specifically season two. Uh, I am, I'm not a fan of the treatment she's gotten. And I'm really kind of upset because Archie goes through all this shit. Yeah, he didn't kill anyone this time, but he's been fucking up forever in a day. And he gets off and he's just walking into the sunset with Jughead. Uh, Veronica, yeah, your relationship with your parents is all fucked up. We don't know kind of what's going on, but I know it'll probably be a rift. Cool. But when it comes to Betty, you send her to the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. So everybody else get off unscathed. I mean, they want you to feel like it's very heavy and dramatic and the team's all split up. But Betty has the shortest end of the stick. Like, maybe because she's the best actress on the show that they feel like she can handle more. But don't get everybody else off scot-free and then you send her to the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. Polly was there. It was trash. Alice was there. It was trash. Chick was there. It was trash. Cheryl was there with like what the why would you mm, what are you doing additionally Betty is almost an adult if you're going to quote-unquote have her committed why not just disown her send her into foster care she's nearly an adult you won't have to deal with her and she could be separate to do her own thing if you're safe on the farm and doing your thing fine do you really think after sending her to the sisters of quiet mercy once she eventually gets out she'll want to have anything to fucking do with you again alice is a trash ass parent hands down (sighs) not only was it bad enough that alice um excuse me betty was sent to the sisters of quiet mercy we get there and as a final plot twist which made me again grab my non-existent pearls she sits down in an art class, which I thought she like pulled out a shank, but I think it was a paintbrush. Sits in the back of the class and the camera kind of pans over and every single person in the class is drawing the Gargoyle King. Like, that's how you do a cliffhanger. Like, I don't, I think this is the episode before the fall finale, but bro, sis, cuz, cuz blood. I, I'm shook and more so for Betty, like fuck everybody else. How in the fuck is Betty going to get out of this? Also, Josie is in the hospital. So what the fuck is going on with her? Like she had the seizure. Are we going to just leave that alone? Like don't just, uh, so Joaquin is dead. Sheriff Mineta has been arrested off screen for killing these boys, which is like Riverdale. What are you doing with these people of color? You, you steadily fuck up, but. Whatever is to be expected. But Betty, I feel for her. Um, a favorite this episode would have to, I guess, be Betty. Um, really, no one. And not because I don't think anyone was good, but this was a really good episode. So I don't really have a, a favorite. I mean, I guess my favorite scene would be that whole collection of scenes between Alice and Betty with the Gargoyle King and FP. Because that was like the thing that was most shocking to me. All in all, this was a really good episode, had its faults, moved the story along, and it felt like a season finale. So I'm very interested to see where the fuck are they going to go from here on out. Like, the season is not anywhere near to being over. What are you going to do, Riverdale? Like, it, I don't know. I'm interested. So I'm going to end it here. 
When you're listening to this, use the hashtag WTRPod. Uh, hit me up on Twitter, CarefreeBlur. That's the most immediate way to get in touch with me. Or email me at carefreeblacknerd at gmail.com. Hi, my name is Robert if Jeffrey II, and, and I'm the writer and creator of Mind to Avenge, the Book of Layla, uh, you know in a time of technological marvels and ancient evil rises. If you're a fan of black folks kicking ass and killing demons, this is definitely the book for you. So please follow the link and check out our Kickstarter and pledge and share as much as you can because only with you this will happen. So thanks again. Love Josie's, but didn't get enough our and um so that's it. So thank you all for listening. Thank you all for supporting, and uh, I will catch you on the flip side. So until next time, stay carefree, stay nerdy, stay geeky. And stay the hell away from the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. Will someone please burn that goddamn building down already? Jeez.